tensions with China ease, but the faster-than-expected deposit outflows from the First Republic Bank following the Silicon Valley Bank's collapse and that 22% plunge in the after-hours trading in the First Republic Bank shares may revive the bank stress and keep investors on the cautious side of the play today. So welcome, this is Swiss Codes Daily Market Talk. Well, tensions with China happily got brushed away yesterday quite rapidly as Chinese release an official statement saying that as French ambassadors view that the ex-Soviet countries like Latvia or Lithuania, well, they don't have independent status, is his own personal opinion and that it doesn't really engage China happily for Taiwan. Then in other good news, well, Coca-Cola announced sparkling results yesterday as people, many, many people out there still continue to drink its fizzy drinks and that despite not nice benefits for their health and the price increases. In fact, Coca-Cola increased the price of its drinks by 11% on average and the company sold 3% more drinks. So that's called successfully passing inflation on to its clients thanks to a relatively tight price elasticity. So, Coca-Cola shares first advanced to the highest, highest level since last December at yesterday's trading session following the quarterly results. Then they ended up the session slightly in the negative as yes, the Coca-Cola company did better than expected by analysts in the first quarter of this year, but didn't raise a sales forecast for the full year. Now, elsewhere, one of the best performing stocks of yesterday in the U.S. session was the First Republic Bank shares, which saw its share price jump by more than 12% before the results were released after the bell. But unfortunately, and unfortunately, First Republic Bank results were not happy news for investors, unfortunately, because the latest quarterly reports show that deposits at First Republic Bank nosedive by 72 billion US dollars, and that despite the 30 billion US dollar help that big banks decided to put into the bank as a show of support after the SVB collapse. So, that 72 billion US dollar worth of deposit outflows was around 40% of the total deposits, and it was more than what was expected by analysts. Now, the good news is the outflows from the First Republic Bank slowed in the past few weeks, but the bank continues losing blood and is planning to cut its workforce by 25%. But don't get excited by too much by the workforce cut because cutting its workforce won't help First Republic Bank as it did for Disney, for example, to do well in terms of share price. The shares slumped by more than 22% in the after hours trading and that will likely spur the bank worries today at the US Open as Credit Suisse in Switzerland also reported near 70 billion US dollar worth of outflows last quarter and it said that the money that the Swiss government actually made available for Credit Suisse and UBS in this marriage has already been tapped in. Uh, UBS, on the other hand, happily attracted 28 billion US dollar worth of wealthy client funds as Credit Suisse while trouble has been a boon for the now biggest Swiss bank. It is reported that UBS saw 7 billion US dollar worth of net new money flowing into the bank the 10 days after the Credit Suisse takeover. So coming back to the US, well, the futures, the US futures are down this morning at the time I'm talking here, not by much actually, just around 0.30 to 0.40% down at the time I'm talking at this moment here as the First Republic Bank slump. We'll 
will likely inject a certain stress back to the market where the bank stress or the bank worries following the Silicon Valley Bank's collapse was mostly abated until now. But the First Republic Bank results just could revive them a little bit in today's trading session. The letter also applies some further pressure on the U.S. yields because the U.S. two-year yield already came below its 200-day moving average and we are now just at the lowest levels before the Silicon Valley Bank collapse. The thing is, the lower yields may not really boost appetite in equities today as a renewed stress or renewed worries over banks in the U.S. will also bring along the worries of credit tightening or further credit tightening, which is fundamentally bad news for businesses and their earnings and analysts' earnings expectations and hence the stock valuations out there. In the sense, S&P 500 closed yesterday's trading session flat to slightly positive, actually. But I heard someone, actually I don't remember who it was, was saying that the S&P 500 is not necessarily resilient to the weak macroeconomic sentiment. It is rather stuck in the mud around the current level. Well, many, many investors out there actually still see the S&P 500 as overvalued and they bet that it should come down from the actual levels. And according to FactSet, while the S&P 500 is now printing the largest year-over-year decline in earnings since the second quarter of 2020. But, 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 more than a fourth of the S&P 500 companies have already reported earnings so far, and nearly 70% of them actually did better than the earnings expectations. So that's apparently less than 90% last week that the companies beat the analyst expectation, but still above the 63% historical average at around this time of the earnings season. It doesn't mean that the U.S. companies are doing well. It means that the expectations were extremely pessimistic. And that's exactly what I was saying last week. Remember, earnings are slowing, yes, but they still beat the pessimistic expectations, which actually helps keeping the stock prices afloat. How long? Well, we will see that. Unless we have a big surprise, the S&P 500 will unlikely pull out the 4200 resistance. Now, besides the soft but better than expected earnings from the S&P 500 companies, where all the falling yields in the US and that extra liquidity from the Federal Reserve to deal with the banking crisis after the SVB collapse help equities remain resilient to the less than ideal fundamental news and earnings as well as a result of bank stress while the U.S. two-year yield, remember, tanks from above 5% to around 3.5% level in the month of March and is now consolidating somewhere around the 4% psychological mark. Yet, according to the latest CFTC data, well, hedge funds have never been this bearish on the U.S. 10-year treasuries. Why? Because they apparently think that the Federal Reserve will continue raising the interest rates and keep the monetary policy tight enough to fight against inflation that actually may be stickier than previously thought by all of us because the recent jump in energy prices certainly points at this very direction. So higher yields for the U.S. Treasuries. And what does that mean for the markets? Well, it means a continued gradual rise in U.S. yields, as I said 
said, which in return could weigh on equity valuations. But of course, if the bank stress or the bank worries are fueled again, well, we might actually see another period of lower yields in the US and boosted equity valuations as a result of it. The question is, could equity prices continue their rise in this jungle of higher recession odds? tighter credit conditions, high inflation, and the tightening Federal Reserve. So please let us know below in the comments what's your view. Do you really think that we will see the S&P 500, for example, rise above that 4200 psychological level, or is it gently time for a significant downside correction? So just go ahead and tell me. Now, one company that doesn't know what crisis is, is LVMH in France, its market valuation hit 500 billion US dollars yesterday on the back of a robust China demand and a stronger euro, which is further actually boosted above the 110 psychological mark yesterday as the European Central Bank Schnabel said that if the economic data is any indication, a 50 basis point hike at the next ECB meeting could not be ruled out. That's good news for the euro. Anyway, back to my LVMH story. This is the first time a European company has hit such a high valuation. It's now closing in on Tesla. I mean, it's really, really amazing for LVMH. And I was actually saying in the earlier episodes that the European luxury brands, the European luxury stocks probably looked better than cruise oil or copper to lock in the Chinese post-COVID reopening gains. Well, it was obviously not a joke. Now, besides LVMH, Hermes is also having a stellar year, mind you. Now, yes, I am a woman. And yes, I do love bags and, you know, the things that Hermes and LVMH do. But I am much more excited about Tesla for investment than LVMH, unless LVMH or Hermes could make life-changing futuristic bags that would change the way we see bags and life, you know? Anyway, today, Microsoft and Alphabet will be going to the earnings confessional to release their latest quarterly results, and we can't wait to see what they will actually reveal about their AI plans. Now, that's way more exciting than the bags. So this is all for today. I'm Ipeka Skardeshkaya, and thank you for joining me, and thank you for all your messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful, and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions, and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.